Welcome to the Deepers Creepers podcast, where we like to get high and talk about horror movies. Thanks for tuning in this week. I'm Casey. And I'm Jess. And this week we're going to be talking about the movie, Nope. You know, the one about where Curious George goes crazy and murder... Uh, oh no, sorry. This is the alien one. My bad. My, you'll, you'll see. Anyways, <laughs> Jordan Peele, really excited to talk about it this week. <laughs> talking about Nope this week, uh, which is, I mean, everyone is talking about this movie. Everyone has been so excited. Jordan Peele, you know, he's kind of made himself, I mean, he's made himself a name in the horror house. Absolutely. And just really solidified himself as an amazing, amazing director. This is his third movie that he has written, directed, and produced which is amazing. There's so many roles to take on for such a big film. Um, he obviously did Get Out first, which was like 2015-ish. Which I loved. Loved. Very, very good movie. Uh, also starring Daniel Kaluuya, who is our main character in this one. Yes. And then, amazing. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, his second movie was Us, which I also absolutely love. I definitely want to revisit that one soon, but... I really, I really enjoyed that one as well. Yes. I think he's just so great. I think there is a perfect mix of spooky and humor in his movies, and I really appreciate, uh, you know, comedic relief, but his is just, I mean, you can tell he's got a comedy background. His movies are so funny. They're hilarious. He cracks me the hell up. He makes such good characters that you love and root for, but that are also kind of like, they're smart horror characters, but they're dumb enough that you can relate to them. Right. Like, I'm like, yeah, I would do some stupid shit like that. But also, <laughs> like, OJ and M are both great horror characters. They know what they're doing. Yes. 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 I can't wait to get into it. Yes. Uh, so we're going to do a little spoiler-free section because this, it, this did just come out a few weeks ago. Well, I guess it's been almost a month now. Um, but I know some people haven't seen it, and... We may have some people out there that just want to listen to a few minutes, get some people's, you know, initial opinions without having the entire movie ruined, because we are going to ruin this entire movie. The entire thing. So just fuck it all the way up. Fuck it all the way up, because this movie fucked me all the way up. I haven't stopped thinking about it since I saw it. <sighs> I haven't stopped talking about it. Mm-hmm. Everybody that'll listen, I'm just like, guys, I saw a note. I can't tell you anything about it, but it was fucking awesome. I remember one of the first things I thought, because I saw it uh, the week after it came out by myself. Or no, I'm sorry. I saw it with Katie and Taylor, two of my best friends. Um, We will have them as guests eventually. And then I saw it with Jess again a couple days ago. And I remember thinking when I first saw the trailer, like, this show's too much. It's a little too revealing. That is not the case, guys. Not at all. You, if you think you've seen too much in the trailer, the trailer misleads you in the perfect way. That is all I'll say about that, because it is, I mean, uh, I I loved it. I really loved it. I think I loved it even more the second time through. I think it's a great second watch. I can't wait to rewatch it. Because there are just so many cool things that, like, the first time you're focused on all the big stuff and how amazing everything is, this is a huge budget movie. I mean, I don't even know what the budget was, but the CG is incredible. And you just, a second time through, you can really see a lot of little things that come together so perfectly in the end. I mean, Jordan Peele's just a great writer. He just knows how to make a great story. I, I agree, because there was not a single point in the entire movie where I was bored. Or there was, like, no awkward timing moments. I was on the edge of my seat from the start to the finish of the movie. Whether I was horrified, I was cracking up, I was confused. I was always, my emotions were very intense in this. Yeah, absolutely, me too. There were parts I laughed, there were parts that like truly horrified me. Um, There were parts that were very adventurous and just very exciting, like you said, edge of your seat. One of the best things about this movie is it is honestly such an original idea. Like, yeah, everyone, you know, a lot of people have done alien movies, whatever movies, 
weird, you know, just whatever they think of, you know, maybe, I don't even know if I consider this sci-fi or whatever. Um, it's so open to interpretation, but it's just such an original idea. He takes a lot of things that we've seen before and he does them the Jordan Peele way. And I, I just love the way his mind works. I really do. Yeah, every idea that he's had, every movie that he's made has been like nothing I've seen before. Yeah. And, and this movie lives up to that standard and it blows it away for me. Absolutely. Even. This may be my favorite of his. Me too. And all of his movies have so much to say. I know everybody for the first one was like, oh, it's so woke, you know, because it had so much to do with race. But that was just the first movie he made. The second one had so much to do with class. This one has so much to do with making a profit of tragedy, trauma, spectacles, things like that. Yeah. Um, I really don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't seen this go see this. If you're disappointed, I'm sorry, but you won't be. You just won't yeah. be. I, I haven't heard a bad thing about it, and then I watched it, and it completely, like I said, blew my expectation out of the water, so. And it's got a great cast. You know, on top of everything else, the cast is just so good. We'll go through them as they pop up. Um, but yeah, so, um, I really don't want to say any more in the spoiler-free, because I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, okay. I think I think we've said enough. Yes, so if you guys have go not see seen it. it, go see it, come back, and listen to the rest of this, and hear all we have to think and say about it. Sound yeah. good? Okay. Awesome. So, spoiler-free is over. We are going to ruin the movie. <sighs> Buckle up, cowboys. <laughs> We're in for a bumpy ride. <laughs> I don't know what that was. That got sorry. real sexual real fast. I don't know why uh, I sounded like... <laughs> well, but there are a lot of cowboys in this. A lot of hot I sound cowboys. I like I smoked a whole pack before this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, sorry. so the movie opens up, and while it's going over all the studio logos, there's this voiceover of what is clearly, like, a 90s you know, filmed in front of a studio audience kind of comedy, and you're just hearing it, and we don't really know what it is at first, uh, and we are going to kind of jump around a little, but we do find out later um, it's a voiceover for the TV show Gordy's Home, which was like a 90s sitcom or whatever. One of the first things we see is this Bible quote, um, Nahum 3.6, sorry if I mispronounced that, uh, I have not read the Bible, uh, but apparently, okay, so the Bible quote is, I will cast abominable filth upon me, make you vile, and make you a spectacle. So I loved that it opened with this. I think the second time around when I saw it, it really hit having seen the movie before. So I looked up a couple things about it, and um, the version they used is the New King James Version. Uh, and... One of the reasons I think they use this is, so obviously there are a million different interpretations and translations of the Bible, and two of the other ones that I found, the last part of the sentence is, set thee as gazing stuff, or made thee as a sight, um, in the American Standard Version, which is the one you'd think that they would probably use, but the fact that they use the translation that says, make you a spectacle. That was very, very intentional. That is a huge part of this movie, is creating a spectacle of trauma and, um, you know, glamorizing it and immortalizing it instead of, you know, properly dealing with it. And that, I think that's something that this movie really tries to say, and I think it does very well. Uh, we'll talk about that a lot throughout this episode. But I just, as soon as I saw that quote, I wrote it down, and I went and researched it, and I just thought it was so interesting. The different translations and the fact that they chose that one just makes so much sense. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know what to think of it because it was my first time viewing the movie, but, you know, having you write it down and, like, reading it through and reading through the other versions, like, it makes so much sense now that I've seen it, and I'm really excited for a rewatch because I've no, there's going to be so much that I'm going to catch that I didn't get the first time through. I really love those kind of movies where I can watch it again and it's even better. Yeah. You know, it. there's just so many cool things to see. Um, so it opens, the very first shot is of the shoe. And we will see a lot of the shoe. Oh my god, the shoe. 
And we don't see a lot of the scene, but we see a little clip of uh, what we will eventually, we'll describe it, we'll, we'll tell you what happens, but it's the tragedy from the TV show Gordy's Home, which we've heard the voiceover of, and then you can hear people screaming. And there's this lone shoe just standing up on its heel, just in a way that looks so impossible. And it's got like a splash of blood on it. And it looks very weird. And you're looking at it the first time. You're like, why the fuck am I looking at this? And it really takes some thought to realize what is happening with it. And once you watch it all the way through, you realize um, it's just one of those things that you make it a spectacle. It is a tragic moment that who we, we eventually meet a character named Jupiter. And he makes a profit off of it because he doesn't know how to deal with trauma. Yeah. Um. But we'll get to most of that later, because then we open up to horsies, and I love the horsies. Yeah. And we meet OJ, our main character, played by Daniel Kaluuya, who is fine as hell. Oh. Just... Like, not even fair. Not even fair. He is so beautiful. He looks so good in this movie. He is beautiful so eyes. talented. He is. And then his dad in this movie is oh. Keith, uh, Keith David. Keith David. Who is also so pretty. And his voice, his voice is just... It's so good. So good. Yes. So, they are working out in the field with the horses. Uh, the dad mentions, where's your where's sister at? And, uh, which later we, we know is Kiki Palmer. I love her. Love. Her, her the character is Emerald, but she's hilarious. She's hilarious. And she's beautiful. So beautiful. And so kind. Yeah, she just is very charismatic on screen, and she does this character so well. Whereas Daniel Kaluuya really does OJ very well, because OJ's very reserved and shy and doesn't like, you know, the spotlight. And she is in your face loud, hey, here's my side jobs, you know what I mean? Right. Then the thing I loved about his character so much is, um, you know, I was telling you when we were watching the movie that everything he says is for a purpose. Like, he does not do any small talk. He does not waste his words. No, he does not miss so, words at all. if you hear him saying something, you believe it. You listen. And you listen. Yeah. Yeah. I he, loved that. Yeah. That's 100% just his character. Yeah. So then his cell phone cuts out weirdly, which we all know is not something that happens. Right. And then he hears all these weird things, like small objects falling to the ground, and then his dad falls off the horse. And it's so sad. Because it was so sad. I was like, we just got Keith David. I know. We lost him. And it turns out a nickel fell from the sky. Yes. And uh, so they said it was from some, from some private plane, and a nickel fell in his eye, and it went into his brain, and he died. There's this really... Just sad scene on the way to the hospital where he's having his dad name all the horses. And it's just so sad. It's so sad. And also, no more Keith David. What the fuck? <sighs> they did us dirty on that one. But it was it was a really fucking sad opening. Absolutely. Between that and the goddamn monkey. Yeah, we'll get to the monkey. Goddamn yeah. curious George motherfucker. Know, there right? are a lot of title cards in this, like, um, section, like, chapter cards, basically, that I really like. We get the nope one first. Just, like, plain black, big white letters, nope. And then we cut to this cool shot, like, inside. Well, we don't know what it's inside. It kind of almost looks like inside of a a tunnel of something, like a fun house or something. Yeah. And we don't know what it is yet. But it's, it's eerie. It's eerie. And spoiler alert, it's the alien. We are somewhere inside this thing. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so crazy. Honestly, when I first saw it, my first thought was inside of a camera looking out of a lens. Which oh, I, I think, could see that, yeah. Which I think makes a lot of sense because a lot of this movie is very about surveillance and cameras and getting it, getting the shot yeah. and, uh, you know, making something, you know, getting it so that you can sell it to other people so that you can show other people. And so, yeah, that was my first thought is, Oh, are we inside a camera? But nope. <laughs> but yeah. And then, um, we go to, uh, the, 
what is it, like the commercial set? Or yeah, it's like yeah. a commercial of some kind, yeah, where they cast OJ's horses. Yeah, from, what is it, Haywood's Hollywood Horses. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I love it. And OJ is just so nervous, and I was just so uncomfortable for him, because he's like, clearly not the uh, entertainer of the family. Yeah, they have like a little safety thing they have to do, and M, Emerald, is running late, and he is shuffling, he's looking down, he won't make eye contact at all, which is huge. Um, he's mumbling. He clearly hates being the center of attention and hates being a part of, you know, in a crowd. Yeah. And as soon as his sister shows up, Emerald runs in and she's, you know, she's the entertainer. She's she's the, the head. She's the, the face, basically, because it used to all be done by the dad, but now the dad's gone. And... You know, this immediately, like, makes you, like, lets you know her character is unreliable, not a worker, not, you know, she's, she's a dreamer. Right. <laughs> she Very wants the money. spirited yeah. Yeah. A little hustler with all her side jobs, like you said. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Motorcycle shout out. Mo- yeah, <laughs> yes. She's like, oh, and I do motorcycles on the side, and, uh, yep, that comes back. <laughs> um, so they're on this set, and... Uh, OJ is trying to, like, direct the people around the horse and, like, so, because he knows how to act around it, and he's, like, trying to direct people, like, oh, don't go behind it, don't do this. How? How do people not know how to act around a horse? I grew up in the city, and I know how to act around a horse. People weren't raised right. People are dumb. I don't know. But they have there's this one part where this guy has this like chrome ball i looked it up it's something to do with lighting and how you know yeah yeah lighting on the shoot and it's like a mirrored ball so it reflects on the horse's eye and the horse freaks out and like kicks over a bucket of something and so they get fired from the job sadly and otis it's otis jr and otis senior was his dad so it's they, they call him oj and some some woman makes some comment. She's like, your name's OJ? Oh my god, it was so racist. Fuck you. <laughs> I kind of wish that lady got kicked by the horse. Yeah, she did. That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. It's just a movie, guys. I didn't, I mean, I probably, if she was like that in my life. Anyways. <laughs> um, and during M's speech, she says, uh, that man was my great-great-grandfather. And he goes, there's another great, there's another great-grandfather. And part of it is I think she memorized the speech that her dad said, because her dad would have said great-great-grandfather. And it showed her watching the videos. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, it did. It did. But I think part of it is also she doesn't want to admit that extra generation because she doesn't want to admit her dad's gone. Right. And, you know, yeah, it just, it's sad. It's funny, but it's still, like, retrospectively kind of sad. Yeah, it really is. Yep, they get fired, and then they have to go sell Lucky to Jupiter's Claim, which is, like, (laughs) a cowboy tourist attraction kind of thing. It's kind of adorable. Yeah, like a little Wild Wild West Town kind of gig. And it's run by Jupiter, who is this... He is played by Steven Yun, and, wow, he's also very, very pretty... Just such a pretty face. I love him. He's adorable. Adorable. Uh, his character sucks. I'm gonna tell you what, I don't like Jupiter. I don't either. Fuck Jupiter. Yeah. But also, Jupiter is just dealing with his trauma in the only way that he knows how. Yeah, um, he, he, he should have known therapy is what he should have known. Therapist. True. Yeah, he's got the money. Um, right. So they go into Jupiter's office, uh, because <laughs> poor... Poor OJ wants to, he sold 10 of his horses to Jupe and wants to start making plans to buy them back. And he asks, like, hey, I want to try to do that. And Jupiter just gets this really awkward look on his face. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so weird. I yeah. was like, oh, he's he's lying. He's, he's lying. covering something up. Oh, he definitely is. Uh, we'll find that out later. Yes. And then uh, we get a very... Very interesting scene, and the first watch through, you're very confused, um, or I was at least a little bit confused. Uh, M finds uh, a picture from the 1990s show Gordy's Home, 
And she says, oh, I remember this. Didn't something happen? And the monkey went crazy. And she's, he says, oh, yeah, let me show you this, this room. And he's got this room of all this Gordy's home memorabilia, including the shoe with the blood splatter. It's set up just like it was. It was a fucking secret room. Yes, a secret room that, that he had. That is creepy. Didn't he say he, like, rented it out to a couple for, like, 50K or something? Yeah, because they wanted to stay there for the night. Weird, gross. Um, Bro. He, there's this picture of them fist bumping, and he says, oh, it was the first exploding fist bump. That comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This movie is just so well written, honestly. I could talk about it for the rest of my life. <laughs> um... So they go back to that room and he's kind of talking about it, but he can't even describe the actual events because she says, well, what really happened? And he said, oh, well, you didn't see the SNL skit on it. You know, it, it was a laugh riot. They, they did it perfectly. And he said, <laughs> he says, Chris Kattan played Gordy, which first of all, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> Now all I see is Chris Kattan as a monkey. So anyway, <laughs> he only describes the SNL skit. He can't even describe the actual events. Because he he's so traumatized. So traumatized. Like, probably regressed all the way into the absolute depths mm -hmm. of his memory. Yep, and uh, he said it was 6 minutes, 13 seconds of pure chaos, which 6-3 is the Bible quote. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. He's a smart cookie. Yeah. Um, but he, he literally, he makes a spectacle of this awful tragedy, which, uh, do you want to go ahead and talk about the Gordy's tragedy? Yeah. Just go ahead and skip Let's forward. Get away. Yeah. So, we learn later, um, as a flashback that Jupe is having. So, Jupe was a kid on this show called Gordy's Home, and it was about, they had a chimp on set, a live chimp. And they were celebrating the birth a birthday. Yeah. Gordy's um, birthday. Gordy's birthday. The episode was called Gordy's birthday. Yes, yeah. it was. Yep, you're right. Really and creepy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and uh, they're, they open a box, and there's a bunch of balloons that float up, and I assume, like, studio lights must have, like, popped them. Yeah. Because they start popping, and the loud noise sets the chimp off. And he goes insane. And there are... Like, it, it's cut in a very interesting way. There's, like, little shots of just, like, chaos and screaming. And then you see the set is, like, fairly empty, but there's a few bodies lying around. In the audience, too. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah, there, yeah, there are some there are audience people members. hiding. Yeah. yeah. And um, Jupe is underneath the table hiding. And, like, at one point, one of the guys comes out and he tries to, like, run away, but he obviously can't. And the saddest part is, like, it's not even Gordy's fault. Like, there's really no... Like, do you know who the real bad person is? The people who allow animals like that to be on set. Absolutely. And treated like that. Like, Gordy's not the bad guy. No. He's just an animal who reacted. And that is, again, like, that... A lot of... I've seen a lot of complaints, and even... My first watch through, I walked out into the parking lot thinking, what the fuck does the Gordy stuff have to do with the rest of the movie? And not only is it taking this trauma and making a spectacle, but it's how unpredictable trained animals can be. Yeah. And how they're also, you know, when something like that happens, how do you blame the animal? Like even, let's, let's take a B-movie stupid example, Anaconda. Dumb monster movie. Love that movie, but it's stupid. It makes no sense. I mean, there's no snake that big. You know, it's dumb. Right. But how do you blame the animal for that when they're just doing what they know? Who's the bad guy? Obviously, in that movie, it's John Voight. But, <laughs> but, but I just, yeah. So I think that those are two really big things that really connect these things. Because I... I think it's easy to watch this on a base level and just think, oh, what the hell It was all that about, because I did the same thing. And then the more you give it some thought, you think, well, that's how those two things are very obviously connected, and it explains Jupe's later actions. Yeah, I was definitely confused at first, and the monkey scene is definitely the most... Oh, just 
emotionally impactful scene for me in the whole movie. It was just really visceral and um, it was brutal. I mean, you see Gordy bashing people's heads in. Luckily, a lot of it is just off, like just obscured by something or just off screen. But the sound effects were like exactly bone chilling. It does it in a in a good enough way to where yeah, it's you don't necessarily see it, but you feel all of it. And it it's that realistic horror. I mean, tragedies like that have happened. I mean, I don't want to be the freaking teenager. I'm not, but that brings up Harambe. But like. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Things like this do happen, and that's so sad. Like, yeah, you feel sad for all the people, but you also feel sad for Gordy because he gets shot in the head, and that's the exploding fist bump part because he finally calms down once the balloons are stopped popping. And, you know, to this chimp, he doesn't realize what he's done. You see him kind of nudge the the foot of one of the girls, like, hey, get up. You know, and yeah. he's covered in blood, and he sees Jupe, and... One of my theories of why he didn't attack Jupiter under the table... Is because he looked at him through the tablecloth. Yes! I was thinking that, too. they didn't have direct eye contact. Mm-hmm. Another huge thing in this movie. Yes. And because he's just seeing the, him through, like, the sheer tablecloth that hangs over the edge. And they do this little fist bump, and as soon as their fists connect, Gordy gets shot and killed. And it's so... You see the blood splatter on Jupe's little... Cherub face. It's oh. so sad. And I... This I, child is... Like, after seeing what he has witnessed, of course I understand why he's fucked up. Yeah, and you can tell, even in his adult life, like, Jupiter has never gotten over that, and no. has never... His brain nev- never developed past the profit for anything. Doesn't matter what happened, I will make it a spectacle, and I will make a profit from it. Yeah. That's um, the way he survived, I guess. It's, I mean, yeah, people cope in their own ways. We get uh, our first horse title card where it says Ghost, because Ghost gets into the arena and uh, they don't know why. Oh, that was terrifying. Yes, and this is when we start getting some real spooky scenes. I will say um, the first part of it is, you know, setting things up, it's kind of funny. The second part is very creepy, and then the last little bit of it is very adventure horror, very much like Tremors, kind of just like fun, try to beat the thing. You yeah, know? absolutely. Um, so one of the creepiest things about the scene, OJ runs out to, you know, check on Ghost, the horse, and you hear this screaming in the distance. You don't know what it is, but you hear... Or at least I thought I heard distant screaming. Definitely. Um, and then Ghost just ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> he he ghosted. Yeah, he ghosted. He just runs off. And, um, God, it's just such a terrifying scene because OJ kind of sees something in the sky. And it's very, like, disc-shaped, uh, very saucer-shaped, kind of like a flying saucer. Absolutely. Um and he is, you know, he's obviously scared, and I don't think he finds Ghost, because doesn't Ghost die? I think Ghost gets scooped up. Yeah. Ghost gets scooped up by the, by the, we're just gonna call it Aliens. I don't know what it is. They name it Jean Jacket. We're gonna call it Jean Jacket. We're gonna call it Jean Jacket, because they there was a horse that they had named Jean Jacket that was supposed to be Emeralds, but then they got a job on the Scorpion King set. And they ended up using camels instead. Yeah, fuck <laughs> that, man. <laughs> movie sucked. I'm yeah. Sad. Um... <laughs> So they end up naming it Jean Jacket because it was like a crazy horse or whatever, and this is something we don't know what it is. But we get the the very famous line, "What's a bad miracle?" They got a word for that. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, they have no clue what it is, but I do love that he, you know, she says, "What do you see? What did you see?" And he says something big, and she believes him. She doesn't say. Are you sure? She doesn't say, oh, you're crazy. Oh, you were seeing stuff. Yeah. She just believes him. Like I said, like, the power behind his words means everything. So, like, she felt in his whole body that he was terrified. Mm-hmm. And I love their relationship. That's something that I'll probably talk about a lot in this movie. I adore their chemistry. I believed every second of their relationship. I felt like 
there was such a strong unspoken bond. Um, there wasn't a lot of emotional words said, but the, the connection I felt between the two of them was just absolutely incredible and authentic. Absolutely. Their brother sister relationship is so sweet. And there's that scene where they like slap hands a bunch of times and it's just like, you're so excited for them. And I, yeah, I love them both so much. Yeah. And so since she believes him, they're both like, all right, well, we need to get this on film. Nobody's ever gotten definitive, like high def proof that aliens exist, which is what they assume it is, obviously. And I still kind of think it's an alien, but there's some theories. We'll talk about those. Right. Um, and we go to this fries and I think all fries are themed but this one is a spaceship theme. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Ironic, and I love it. I loved it. Uh, we meet Angel, who I love his character. Um, I love that little weird tech guy. Yep, that's Angel. Uh, Brandon Perea, uh, I think he does such a good job with, like, wily, scared little little Angel. We love him. Yeah. Uh, he He's a conspiracy theorist, for sure. Oh, for sure. He <laughs> sets up all their cameras and they're pointing them to the sky so he knows what's going on. And he's like, yeah, they're just waiting around to stick probes up our asses. <laughs> so uh, so then they are all setting up this plastic horse that they stole from Jupe. It's one of my favorite scenes because it's so funny. Because he knows that they stole it and he comes up and he... He, like, goes to say, where'd you get yours? And she just goes, where'd you get yours? Oh, my God. Because he's like, we have some like that. And she's like, yeah. Where'd you get yours? Because they want to use it for bait. uh, Because they want, because they know that the, uh, what they assume is that this thing is an alien spaceship and that it's sucking up uh, horses and they want to bait it with a plastic horse. I didn't even, I'm not going to lie, I really didn't put two and two together. I thought she was just trying to get him to go away. I didn't even realize she stole one of his horses. I forgot that part. Yep. Yeah, the driving down the road. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yeah. yeah, That's hilarious. He he pulls up, and he just, he won't even admit. Uh, Where'd you get yours? Where'd you get yours? (laughs) So then uh, the next title card is Clover, um, because that's the next horse that gets almost taken, but then they take. No, it does does end up dying, too, but so does the plastic horse. Um, One thing I love about this movie is that OJ is always thinking about the horses. Um, even when they're trying to get the shot of this alien, he's making uh, the one of his own little chrome ball things so that he can desensitize the horses to it so that on future sets, he won't have that same reaction. And he does the same thing later with like uh, the string of flags. And then we get a lot of shots of wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men. And, which I love. Which, who doesn't love those little guys? They're just so happy. And he... All the time. But he, also kind of threatening. Exactly. <laughs> threatening Whoa. and also fun. And he just... Yes. <laughs> he, you know, puts them around the horses in a way to desensitize them so that they're not afraid of it, them. And he's just, he's always thinking about his horses and he, all, he loves them. And I love that about him. I agree. They're not just a commodity to him. They are part, part of, of his family. family. Yeah. Exactly. And his dad loved them and took care of them. And I I really think that he wants to make his dad proud and carry on that legacy in any way that he can. There's always work to do. You yeah. know, there's always shit to do. Exactly. And the, many times throughout the movie, he tells, he says to Em, like, hey, want to work? And she says, hell no. Always some shit to do. Oh, my God. So... Why was he out in the barn? The sprinklers turned on randomly. The sprinklers turn, turned on randomly in the barn, and he went to go check on the horses. And it was really, uns- the entire thing was incredibly unsettling. And, and dark and spooky. Dark, spooky, eerie. Some of the horses are freaking out. And it's just like, what in the world is about to happen? I was, I like didn't breathe that entire scene. Mm-hmm. And you see like, some round little heads kind of poking out, like, very discreetly. We're, like, looking down this, like, long hall kind of thing at some point, and there's, like, this little dark area, and it's everything still, but then from the dark area, <laughs> like, this little thing pops up with, like, yeah, this big round head with big eyes, and then it, like, cocks its head to the side, and another one comes out of a doorway in front of it. And OJ just goes, mm, nope, 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 nope. 
And he pulls out his phone and starts trying to, uh... Take pictures. To record it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was... Well, yeah, a flip phone! <laughs> well, yeah, first of all. But he wanted to get the shot of it. He yeah. Because he thought it was the aliens, and then... Then he fucking punched the alien in the face that came down from the ceiling. There's one behind him and he punches it in the face. Turns out they're just little kids. He punched a little kid. It's Chuck's kids. He punched a child. <laughs> and and uh, Em's like, what the hell? They're trying to mess with us? And he's like, you stole their horse. She's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I love oh. it. Um, <laughs> so... They are, they have a bunch of these cameras set up, and Angel, even though they told him not to watch the feed, he's watching it anyway, because of course he would. I would. He, like, for sure thinks he's going to see some aliens. <laughs> I would, too, with the way they're acting. Five stars, Angel, babe. Five stars, Angel. <laughs> uh, Five stars. So, uh, he calls um, Emerald because there's a praying mantis on the, on the lens of, like, one of the good cameras, like, one of the prime setup ones and uh it stays there for so long and it's a really good jump scare when it like comes out oh my god it scared the shit out of me oh yeah i like jumped out of my skin and i was like then i was overthinking the praying mantis i was like does this have some sort of meaning is it a bug creature it's fucking not it was just hilarious no yep goddamn praying mantis she's like i haven't seen one of these in so long and i'm gonna see it now like this Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then we get a flashback of the dad talking about Ghost, um, one of the the um, horses that's already died, and you can hear Ghost in the background being all, uh, making a bunch of noise, and he's saying, look, listen to him being all territorial, and animals being territorial is a huge theme for this movie. Some animals ain't meant to be trained, yeah. is one of the things that Keith David says. And we do find out, Right after this, because I think OJ kind of thinks about that and find, you know, figures out it's not actually a ship filled with little green men the way we think. It's an animal. Like, the thing itself is just a giant thing. And it, it is very saucer shaped, but there's like a hole in the bottom and it sucks things up to it. And since there's a lot of dust because they're in the desert, uh, you know, it gives a little tornado effect. And it's just so scary. And that is one of the moments the first time I saw it that I said, oh my fucking God, this movie is incredible. I don't care what happens for the rest of the movie. Like, that is just so fucking cool. You took this idea that people have had for so fucking long about aliens and flying saucers and said, yep, okay, so you've seen that, but it's not what you think it is. It's actually this. That's not a ship. That's the animal. That's the way it moves the way it does. That's why it doesn't look like it's a flying, you know, that's why it doesn't move the way a ship moves or a plane moves. It, it's, it's an animal. And I think that is just so fucking cool. And there's some more things. It blew my mind. Yes. I was like, I, I fucking thought I was just seeing like a spaceship alien movie. Exactly. And that's. (laughs) It was not. One of the things about the previous scene with Jupiter's kids being all dressed up, that's Jordan Peele basically saying, this is the movie I could have made. I can make a little green men alien movie with actual little bipedal humanoid essentially aliens, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make something that has never been done before. I loved that little treat of a scene because it was terrifying, but hilarious. And then you realize that it's, not, like, actual little men, like, humanoid aliens. And it was just like, holy shit, this movie is so good. Like, I totally agree with you. Yep, that was the moment I was like, you know what, I don't care if this is a good movie. Blew my fucking mind. Blew my mind. Like, no movie has in so long. Several times. And it, um, so after, the scene after this, Angel shows up the next day to, uh, show, like, the camera feed, uh, because they do, like, a time loop, and there's this one cloud that, doesn't move. The rest of the clouds do. I mean, obviously, if you look at clouds, they move. This one doesn't, and it has been sitting there for six-plus months. And um, that's another thing that Jordan Peele does so well in this movie is he takes the concept of weather phenomena, crazy weather phenomena that have, quote, you know, no explanation of, like, you know, clouds sitting there like that or just different things you can find on the Internet that people are like, oh, I saw this crazy thing, 
And he says, well, what if this is the explanation? Or, like, later, a big, huge group of people go missing, um, and there's, you know, people who don't know about this giant creature have no fucking clue what this is. It's just a disappearance of an entire, you know, 40 people. And then you think back to legends like Roanoke and things like that, where an entire town of people went missing, and Jordan Peele is taking these things and saying, well, what if this is the explanation yeah. What if it is actually, you know, aliens? And there's a little bit of, uh, you know, discussion about whether this is an alien animal that came and settled here because there's so much food. It, it's been discussed. It's basically a biblical angel, which is kind of what its design is designed after. Um, and it's been here for all of time. And we've just always, you know, seen little bits and pieces of it. Because, and assumed, oh, well, that's just a flying saucer. But it's clear that the only reason that it stayed there for so long is because Jupiter's been fucking feeding it horses. <sighs> Fuck you, Jupiter. Yeah, so we already talked about the Gordy scene, so that was the next title card, so we're going to go ahead and skip over that one. Yes. And we're going to get to Lucky. Yes. Which OJ's like, he finds the flyer that was talking about Jupe's crazy show, and he's like, I gotta go get Lucky. Yes, because he kind of figures it out pretty quickly what's going on. He figures out, oh shit, that he's been feeding this thing horses, and he's been feeding this thing my horses. I'm gonna go get Lucky back. He even says that. I love that. Yeah. Um, and this is probably my favorite scene of the movie, and I also think it's the scariest scene of the movie. And I forgot to look this up. I totally meant to. I, I read a thing. So Jupiter says, in about one hour, you'll leave here different. And I read that that's one hour before the movie ends. Isn't that so cool? Oh, my God. Jordan feels a fucking genius. I don't he care. He is a genius. I love him so and much. And I did leave different. I 100%. I haven't stopped thinking about it. Fuck. Yep. Um, genius. So, again, the only thing Jupiter knows is how to profit from a spectacle. And, you know, he, this thing has been coming by his little ranch thing every Friday. And he's been feeding it horses. And so he decides to make a show and invites a bunch of people to see, I mean, he, you know, this thing that he believes he's tamed. And even he thinks it's a ship filled with little green men. Yeah, he has no idea. But he thinks he's trained this thing, um... You know, to just be an, another act in his little fucking tourist attraction. Yeah. You can't... Do you want to see where I keep the memorabilia from a childhood show gone awry in then, my creepy back room? Or do you want to see an alienated horse? Those are your options. I mean, both. But also neither. <laughs> but also both. Aww. So, listen. It's an alien. Maybe not. Okay, can I eat the plastic horse? It did eat the plastic horse. So here's the thing. Because you would have gotten gobbled up. Yeah. I would have been, like, waving at you from home, like, I'm not looking up. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I'll just look at pictures. <laughs> um, so Jupiter's trying to have this little show, and it show the thing shows up early because it's pissed because it ate a plastic horse, and now it's lodged in its fucking throat. And it makes these awful, awful deafening noises and it's basically screaming oh my god because it's like this thing is fucking lodged in my throat and i'm so fucking pissed right now it was like retching exactly and so he doesn't eat it doesn't eat the horse it just starts gobbling up everyone in the fucking audience yeah and this is the most horrifying scene to me because we get the first like glimpse inside of this thing and it sucks these people up, oh and we're God. seeing them. It is such a claustrophobic scene. It looks like they're in an overinflated bounce house tunnel of some kind. Or, like, it when you go to a haunted house, there's those, like, tunnels that you have to walk through where they're, like... Both sides of it with, are, like, like air up, tunnels. Like, exactly. Yeah. And you, it's easy to I push your way through, but they're, like, squeezing you in on every side. And people are screaming, and they're, like, being pulled up into this thing... I don't know what they used for the effects on this, but it is so fucking cool. It is so horrifyingly cool. I 
Oh, it really got to me. It I am really, so claustrophobic. Because then you see them, like, stop when you finally, like, you see the plastic horse and you see all these people just stop and they're stuck in this balloon-like area. Oh, my God. And they're, it's just screaming. Oh, and the screaming was terrifying. Truly. Lucky is like, fuck this. And he stays in his little uh, cage thing, box. in his little glass yeah. box. Because he doesn't want to get eaten. He does not leave that thing. He says, fuck this. Yeah. Um, let's see. Even uh, Jupe says, trained animals can be unpredictable. Yeah, no shit. Why did you? You're dumb. Why? I know, talking about the horse. Yeah, exactly. It's like, bro, talk about your fucking alien thing. Yep. And one thing we didn't mention is all technology stops when this thing's around. So cell phones, cars, batteries of any kind. In a really creepy eerie, disturbing, like, yep, and, uh, so nobody can get a good shot of it, um, but then they call that director guy, who has an incredible voice, the guy, the (laughs) character's name, I don't care, his voice is, like, gravel and butter, I don't know, um, the character's name is Antlers, but the, uh, the actor's name is Michael Wincott, and he just has such a good voice. I, like, thought his character was just so wild. Yeah. He was a weird guy. I don't understand the end of his character for sure. But, yeah, uh, OJ goes to save Lucky, and you can still hear the screaming inside of this thing. And Angel is at the house, and he tries to leave. And I think such a cool little nod is that in the car, I wear my sunglasses at night is playing. Because you can't look at it. It's all about looking things in the eye. Yeah. I didn't even realize that at the time, but looking back on that now. I thought it was very appropriate. It's a great song, too. Such a good song. Such a creepy song, honestly. I just think it sounds creepy. (laughs) Um, So OJ is able to save the horse, and he starts driving back to the farm and um like at one point the thing is right above him because it's raining everywhere and but then it like stops raining right above him because it's like above him blocking the rain and he like kind of goes to look up and he goes nope 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 oh my god (laughs) and just falls asleep in the truck and oh one of the eeriest parts of the whole movie is the thing is like hovering above the house and you can hear the screaming and then there's just this sudden silence. And like then. he like crunches all of them. And then it just downpours blood all over the house. Because it's like when the little kid comes up to his mom in the middle of the night. Mom, I froze up. Oh, yeah. He froze the fuck up. He froze up everywhere. And it's all, but it's all blood because it's body parts. It was so fucked up. But yeah. I loved it. Yes. I was like, what would you even. Even at this point, I'm still not fully understanding what's happening because I was just, this movie does take some time to process. Absolutely. And it all happens, like I said, so quickly that you don't even have time to, like, think about what you just saw before there's another element you have to think about being thrown at you. Yeah. So I was like, what the fuck is happening with this blood rain? Yeah, I think it's such, such, uh, I, I, I think it's a smart movie. I do. Smarter than me. Yeah, <laughs> and that's when uh, we get the line, I don't think it gets you if you don't look it in the eye, because at one point, uh, Daniel Kaluuya is, it's like above him, and he just kind of like looks down, and he's like, you know, he's kind of saying to himself, like, keep looking down, keep looking down, and he doesn't look up at it, so it doesn't take him, and that's, you know, part of the reason he figures out that it's an animal, because that's kind of, you know, that's a big thing with you know, animals and stuff, and obviously the horse looking at itself in the eye spooked it at the beginning of the movie. Right. And that's kind of why he knows, because he knows how horses are. And that's when they name him Jean Jacket. And then that's when Antlers shows up. Oh, goodness. Okay, so, uh, once the guy gets there, um, and they (laughs) are trying to figure out how to get this shot, he brings a camera that doesn't require electricity, because it's, like, crank, um, powered and they 
<laughs> they know that the thing isn't going to mess with flags now because that plastic horse fucked it the fuck up. He does puke up the plastic horse finally, so I think he feels better now. <laughs> For now. For now. Um, so they, like, tie flags on the horse, like, on Lucky so that he won't, so that, you know, hopefully he won't attack Lucky because we want to keep him alive. Yeah. And then we get our final title card, Jean Jacket. This is the adventure part of the movie, for oh, sure. I love it. Um, oh my god, we get the TMZ guy. The TMZ guy sucks. Yeah. Tell us about it, Casey. Yeah. You hate this part. Yeah, I fucking <laughs> hate this guy so much. He shows up on a bike with his camera because he's trying to get a shot of it. Because obviously all these people have disappeared. It's all over the news. They're like, where are all these people? So of course TMZ shows up and... He's like, oh, we gotta get the shot, you guys are stupid, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, he starts riding his motorcycle toward the thing to get a shot of it, but as we know, all electricity is, like, basically got a force field around it that doesn't allow anything to happen, so he, like, starts going toward it at 50 miles an hour and just flies off his bike. Hilarious scene. Oh my god. But he keeps saying throughout the whole thing, like, grab my phone, get the shot, please take a picture of it, please, you have to get my phone, why aren't you videotaping this? Like, I'm sorry, did you come from Hannibal, or Cannibal Holocaust? No kidding. Because you're literally every person in that movie. Get the shot! Get the shot! Bro, your body is mangled. It's so, and OJ tries to save him, and at some point... And then he sees the, this guy has like a helmet that is like mirrors. His helmet's all mirrors. It's so weird. But there's like one little hole that he can see out of. It's weird. I don't understand it. It's so weird. But OJ... Is looking down at the guy and he sees the thing in his reflection on his uh, helmet. He's like, "Sorry, man. Sorry, I tried." Because the <laughs> I guy, tried. the guy won't let him help him because he's like, "No, get the phone." And he's like, "Nope, sorry." And then of course that guy dies for sure. Because <laughs> why would he? Just I'm sure the credits said TMZ guy. Yes, and he did not have a name. No. So throughout the movie, you see like little bits of the creature, the animal, Jean Jacket, um, we see, uh, at one point we see, like, a little bit into its mouth, obviously we see the inside of its stomach when those people are going through it, um, but you, the, it slowly reveals itself more and more throughout the movie, because at first we're seeing it in the clouds, in the dark, and then at some point we are seeing it in broad daylight, and this thing looks so good the whole fucking time. I love the creature design. It um, transforms just in the coolest way. Yes. Uh, it's so the design, uh, Jordan Peele worked with Caltech professor, John Odebiri. Um, and it was inspired, inspired by Evangelion. Um, it's some anime thing. I'm, I don't know it, but I know it's very, very popular. And the thing's design is just so badass. It starts off as this, you know, flying saucer type shape thing. And then it opens up into this very squid-looking, um, very biblical angel. It's got this big flashing, uh, not even flashing, but just, like, fluttering thing that I think is its eye, but it could be maybe its mouth? I don't even, I don't even know. It was, I think it's it was green. It looked like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know. It looks like leaves yeah because like at one point weird at one point it's in the middle of m and oj and they're both staring at it so that it'll come after them so that they can save the other one and it like keeps turning back and forth and it'll look at m then it'll look at oj and then it'll look at m and it like keeps turning back and forth with its little eye thing and it's i've never seen a design like this like alien okay i love the movie alien i love aliens xenomorphs are so fucking badass always will be. I have never fucking seen something like this. No. I was so blown away. I don't care. I'll fight somebody if they think it's stupid. I think it's so fucking cool. It was just like nothing I could have imagined. Yes. Did you catch the Poltergeist reference? (laughs) I did. Because at one point, um, it like starts, like they're trying to get a shot of it, and Angel goes, it's here. And it sounds exactly like Freaking the little girl in Poltergeist. Yeah. They're here. We love a good classic. They're back. (laughs) Um, And then, so they get this really perfect shot of the thing. Because they're using, like, 
these wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men to figure out where it is in the clouds because if it's above the things then these things won't work because they're raked with car batteries so they know they'll know where it is and they're trying to lure it into different places so that they can get this shot so they get the shot and then antlers <laughs> he fucking he he goes off on his own and tries to get close to the thing I what? I think he kills himself on purpose because he even he was says like a marker. He says we don't deserve the the perfect shot, but then he like goes up and starts cranking his camera and gets killed by the thing. But like, it was so why? That's the only part that I have a qualm with too. I, I think with the movie, I've thought about it a lot. I still don't think I understand it. I mean, if he like accidentally like looked at it and got sucked up or something, and then the footage just got destroyed. But I would... why would he run over there and say all that? I don't. Whatever. I still don't get that. If you guys think you have theories about why he did that, please, please tell me. Because I feel stupid thinking about it. Whatever. We finally get this thing's final form, and it is badass. It's insane. Yes. Um, they, so, the motorcycles come back because M um, basically lures the thing into Jupiter's claim, into his little tourist attraction. He's gone. Jupiter's dead. All the people there are dead. The yep, whole town's a ghost town. Yep. No pun intended. Oh, God, ghost. Um, there was probably, like, actual ghosts there, too, because a lot of people died there. For sure. Yeah, for sure. That's, uh, a, that's spooky town. So, they have this really awesome idea, and M, Emerald goes and finishes off the plan, and there's this giant balloon thing of Jupiter. Because he's a narcissist. Yeah, of course. So it's like the, um, like basically a giant giant air balloon, helium balloon, hot air balloon kind of thing, but it's in the shape of a person. And, uh, Emma, Him. In the shape of Jupiter. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, she releases it so that it floats up into the air and distracts the thing. And the thing takes the bait. And <laughs> it's, it's not funny, but it is, but it's not because this is the most incredible thing that's possibly ever existed in the history of anything but it eats this giant balloon thing and as soon as it gets up into its like mouth it just the whole thing fucking explodes well i think um an important part we didn't cover is there's this weird photography well in this town and so earlier she accidentally, she was looking down the well when they were there the first time at uh, Jupe's little... Yeah, when they were selling Lucky. Yeah, and she accidentally photobombed these kids' pictures because she was looking down the well not knowing what it was. So she ends up back in that same area, and that's obviously an analog camera. Yeah, it's like you crank it and a big giant Polaroid comes out. And I mean like a three foot by four foot, you know what I mean? Or yeah. Or like two foot by three foot. Like it's a big Polaroid. Yeah. You crank it in this big... A light bulb at the bottom pops so that you can, so that, you know, the picture is coming from the bottom of the well and it's looking up into the sky. Right. It's a fun little attraction, but it, yes. it worked out great here because, you know, we had to get that Oprah shot. We had to get that money shot. And that, honestly, I get it, but also says a lot that even, you know, she's about to kill it because it's killed everybody. They don't know how to control it. The only reason Angel survives is because he gets wrapped up in some barbed wire and tarp. And so the thing doesn't want to eat him because he's in barbed wire. Right. And so, you know, it's their all else fails plan. They have to destroy this, I mean, this unbelievable creature that is a scientific phenomenon. And they have to explode it. And she's still like, no, I got to get the shot that's mine. I got to get the shot. I got to, I, I need my claim to fame. I need my ticket to the good life. And I get it and I think he is saying so much with that that she is still cranking that thing to get that shot before it dies and, and she does she's she's picking tokens off the ground that the people who were sucked up by this thing left there it was it was just genius yep just it was such a smart plan such a smart movie yes well and then the thing pops like goddamn concert confetti oh my god it just fucking exploded and I I my first thought was man I want a piece like, I one of the pieces that fall. You don't want a piece of the alien? I want a, I want a piece of the alien for sure. Just like a no, little... Casey. Because that alien is going to get hot and start fucking recreating in with your snake or something. Ooh, that'd be so Procreating. cool. I said recreating. That'd be cool, though. It's going to be reanimating. But listen. That's a great movie. But me and my snake are friends, so I'd be good. 
Reanimator's an amazing movie. He's so hot. What's his name? Fuck, I can't think of it, but he's super hot. Anyway. Tiff would be so mad at me right now. I know, right? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's pretty much the end. She gets the shot, of course. And then in out of the dust cloud, there's OJ on the horse. On uh, Lucky, right? On Lucky, yep. Yeah. And he's wearing his bright orange Scorpion King hoodie. Oh my gosh. And it's, I love the hero shot because I'm just so happy that both of them survived. And, and she I, was, Kiki Palmer was so fucking excited. Yes. I love their relationship. Yeah. When she's like looking, she's like looking into the dust and she kind of sees the shirt and you can just see she, the look the in her emotion. eyes. The relief that, yeah, me and OJ made it. And they've had each other all along. And, you know, I, I, I have faith that their relationship will only get stronger after this, and I would love to see them And they have the shot. Again. Yeah, they that have the shot. They, like, they have it made now. They like is, And the thing is, no one else can get the shot because it's dead now. No one else got the shot in the past because no electricity worked. They have the one and only shot that is literal proof of alien life. Well, if you believe it's alien life. So let me ask you, what is your theory on what it is or where it came from? <sighs> I think that's really tough to say. Um, My theory is that it is an animal, and I think it is from outer space of some kind, just from nowhere in particular, I think. And I think it stumbled upon a planet because I do believe, even in real life, I believe I believe there's other life out there because I think it's statistically impossible that we are the only life in the universe because the universe is so big. Right. I think it honestly stumbled upon a planet that had a whole bunch of fucking food and it thought, well, I don't find this that often. And I think it's been here for a very, very, very long time because there have been lots of claims of people seeing aliens and alien abduction and flying saucers saucers and these you know weather phenomenon and you know different myths about people going missing and you never figure out where they went and i think it explains a lot of that and i think that i think the theory kind of holds up in the sense that you know it just kind of found its way here and the only reason that we never had any definitive proof is because it never stayed in one place until Jupe started feeding it on a regular basis and, and training had, it and trying to train it. Yeah. And then it, you know, it got fucked up with that plastic horse and it was like, fuck you guys. You guys suck. Yeah. That's when it got pissed and had to be put down, unfortunately, which is exactly what happened with Gordy. Oh my God. So sad. And like <sighs> we've said, that's pretty easy to overlook how those things are connected, but I think they connect so fucking well. Yeah, I mean, reflecting back and hearing you even talk about it since you've seen it twice now, it uh, oh, was yeah. very helpful for me. A second watch through is so, so good. I think it makes it even better. Um, and I, I do, I think it's such a smart movie. I think you can watch it on a base level and have fun, but I also think that you can watch it as a cinema and horror fan and really think about what it has to say and also have a lot to think about. So I think, yeah. it, you know, it's entertaining. It does and it's smart, but it doesn't make you feel stupid trying to watch it. Because yeah. it's also entertaining you. Yeah, and it was really impactful. Oh, yeah. A lot of those shots really, really stuck with me. Um, and just, I, like I said, a, a few times I've not stopped thinking about this movie. Oh, it's okay. Uh, my dog is very obsessed with ball. So Jess just had to throw it. We're almost done, buddy. Almost done. Um, <laughs> sorry. Nope. She had, she had to figure that out. She had to throw some stuff. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I I just really loved this movie. Um, I I can't wait to see it again. I know I've already seen it twice, but I just really thought it was just a fun ass watch. I really really enjoyed it, and like I said, I want to see it again, but just. Everything from acting, directing, script, CG, themes, I I loved it. Yes. I loved it. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Please go watch it. Hopefully, if you've gotten this far in the podcast, you've seen it, because it is just, it's so worth going in not really knowing anything. And like I said, I think the trailer misleads you in the perfect way. Um, but yeah, so that kind of covers it for Nope. We, I think we've said enough. We loved it. Yeah. Um, we're going to be doing some more new movies coming up, but we really want to sprinkle in just some random stuff, some 
mid 2000s 90s earlier cult stuff um you want to tell them about what we're going to be doing next week jess <sighs> boy do i so um next week casey let me pick what movie i wanted to do so i am delighted to tell you that we're going to be going over house with thousand corpses Yay! Uh, um Oh, sorry. Those that know me know um, just how important and impactful this movie has been for me in my my relationship with horror and my life and my relationship with family. Um, so I'm really excited to deep dive into that with you guys and just live out some nostalgia for me because every time I watch that movie, it holds another special little place in my heart. Um, so I'm really excited to share that with you guys. I am so excited. I've seen it so many times, and I've loved it for as long as I can remember. My dad's a huge Rob Zombie fan. Also, obviously, yours was too. Yeah. Um, I am so excited to hear more about your relationship with it, because I think it'll just be so interesting to talk about. And uh, I just, it's, I mean, it's a great movie. If you guys haven't seen it, you better go fucking watch it, because Rob Zombie is the shit just so fucking amazing. Yeah, and I know that's a very controversial opinion, but it's okay to be wrong. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is. People are wrong about things sometimes. Um, after that, we are going to cover Orphan First Kill. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good-ass things. I'm I so haven't either. We, we just uh, released our mini-episode Yes. about Orphan, the 2009 Nine. version. Yes, so um, go listen to that in preparation. Um, yeah. If you need a little refresher on the first movie, and then go watch the new one. We'll be covering that in a few weeks. Uh, it looks great. It looks so creepy. I love... Um, Isabel Furman? Isabel Furman, yes. 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 She looks so good. I said Catherine Isabel. I was like, no, that's that's someone yeah. else I love, but she right. also She has a permanent <laughs> baby face like me, and I get it, so she can still play that 12-year-old playing a 33-year-old. Playing a... She's a 20... She's a 30-something-year-old playing a 12-year-old playing a 30-year-old that lives in Estonia. <laughs> anyway, we're very excited for that. Um, yes. And, yeah, we always want to hear more suggestions. We've got some movies planned for the next few weeks, um, but we're always willing to change our schedule if anybody has any requests. We're going to do some foreign movies coming up because we don't just love movies in English. We love the subtitled ones, too. They deserve all the recognition. Yes. Um, and here in a few weeks, we'll have another guest. And other than that, just please reach out to us with any love and questions and compliments and requests. And we love you. We love you guys so much. And again, I'm just so appreciative to every single one of you that listen to this podcast. You guys are special. You make me feel special. And yeah, just thanks for being encouraging of us to do this. And even if you stop listening, we're probably going to still keep doing it. But yeah, the support it. is everything. Absolutely. We so love thank you, guys. you guys. Love you so much. Bye. Stay spooky. Bye. Did you get those eyes?